Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Blitzing on a Monday here. We are back where we like to be in the season. Game action to react to. We're into it now, Motsy. These next 17 weeks, 18 oh, weeks. I tell you what, it's just going to be like taking candy from a baby. We got to, we got to, for about half the year, we got to work for it here on the show. The other half, it's just spoon fed to us like we're sitting in the high chair. But I say, don't make us work for it. Don't make us big for it, baby. <laughs> and today is certainly one of those days where we, uh, we don't have to work for it very much. Plenty to get to. We got your tweets rolling in already. We'll get to those, obviously, as we go along here. Our buddy Chris Carter going to join us momentarily. Motsi, a lot of the tweets that we have gotten so far in regards to TJ Watt, I'm sure as you can imagine, um, we're gonna wait until we, you know, till we get word, till we get official word from the Steelers before we fully. Oh, you don't want to speculate now. Before we fully any, speculate. Any, any other time you want to speculate? Well, we you can do some light spe- speculate, speculate, light speculate, speculation. Now you don't want to speculate? They, oh, that's crazy. Can I'm I on. sprinkle in some speculation? No, let's speculate the way away. Speculate. Speculate the night. You know, when away. I got home today, I got to speculate the shower. Man, I was. Oh, that's spackle. Sorry. Oh man, oh, I ain't know what you were speculating over there, man. You speculate on your own time, all right? <laughs> I'm doing a bathroom remodel. I got to do some speculating when yeah, I get home. Just, just make sure you, you know, clean up when you're done all right um i we've had a lot of people that have tweeted us have said you know as much as i'm enjoying that win as much as it was a great game it's always good to beat the Bengals. always good to get out on a positive note it's hard it cost you it's it's everything exactly it's hard (laughs) you know we've had a few people that have tweeted us Uh, i think katie i think me a couple other people that have said it's hard to enjoy that one and in the you know the unknown with tj watt blood was spilled lives were lost but victory was achieved I I am not naive enough to think, you know, about 24 hours from now here on SNR when Mike Tomlin does his weekly Tuesday press conference, maybe we could get some kind of an update as it relates to TJ's health then. But Motsi, I unfortunately I think there is a a, a real possibility that, you know, in the next couple of days here that feeling of we won the battle, but maybe in the bigger picture we lost the war. Nope. We won't believe in that. If we won the battle, we won the battle. <laughs> we were out the war later, but we won. I it's it's daunting, you know, week one, particularly when you saw the type of performance that he put in yesterday uh, to think that this this team could have to go some substantial time without the reigning defensive player of the year. 
Yeah. Um, based on, you know, what he said. Yes. Talking to TJ Watt directly, he was making the um, words of, I tore my pec, I tore my pec. Yeah, we now, saw that that lip reading on the field, yep. So for me, man, being a guy that has actually tore his pec. Yeah, talk to us about yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, You got two varieties, and this is something that plenty of people have talked about or I've seen circulating on social media. Um, if it's torn off the bone versus if it is torn but it remains on the bone. The difference is a lot of months in recovery and the difference is uh, surgery. Okay. Um, if you do not tear it off the bone, you don't have to have surgery, but it still is about, you know, six to eight weeks. I Ooh. see people talking, oh, four to six weeks. Yeah, four to six weeks for normal people, not four to six weeks to go out there and play in a professional game against grown men that are trying to take your head off. So for those of you that do think it's a four to six week, I do uh, caution you, don't buy into that. All right? It's maybe four to six weeks if you're a defensive back. Or if you're even with that, yeah. When I tell not you, someone who's playing in the trenches. When I say I don't even say a DB is four to six weeks. Like personally, for me, I remember like when I tore mine. It was in the uh, playoff game against the Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning game, right? Four weeks after that, man, it still hurt me to go and grab something out the kitchen cabinet. Oh. Because anytime you would isolate your arm, think about when you hold your arm up at you know just regular chest sure, level. You sure. Sp- Put it to your side. You put it above your head. All these different things. Do the macarena, things. basically. Absolutely. All me. those things put stress on that tendon. And now when Ooh. you're talking about doing it in football, where you're having somebody pulling and pushing against you, that's the dynamic where it really hurts even more so. And like I said, that's when it's not torn completely off the bone. Now, when it is torn completely off the bone, that's surgery. And there's only one player that I've seen come back from that, and that was J.J. Watt. So you can feel conf- uh, comfort in that, or you can not feel comfort because we've obviously seen how his medical history has been of lately. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, to me, the way this is something where if it is torn, like how TJ said, not how anybody else is speculating, but directly TJ, if it is torn like how he said, then I do anticipate him missing a substantial amount of time, regardless if it's on the bone or off the bone, because <sighs> I know the significance of that injury. I know the pain that you feel, and you also get a cool little souvenir on your chest afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice when you're flexing them beach pictures, just throwing it out there, all right? So, yeah, that, that's that's all that comes with it, man. But You funny. You know, and, and the other thing is this, man. When you do tear it, the chances for you to tear it again do increase. So you just have to alter and be a little bit smarter with, you know, some of your conditioning, some of the ways you work out and things like that because that's just one of those muscles where, yeah, they say once it happens once, it can happen again. So we shall see, man. But hopefully it is not the full regard, you know. Well, maybe some potential good news here. Breaking and shout out to May, who sent us this on Twitter. Big shout out to May, my favorite month of the year. Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports, NFL, CBS NFL. He tweets, sources are telling him there's some optimism today in Pittsburgh that TJ Watt did not experience a full peck tear and will be able to return after sitting for a month or so. Still awaiting word from the team. Right. A month or so, even like as you've laid out, seems a little optimistic. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're even if there's any type of optimism, even if it's so you're sitting, well, you're gonna miss four games. Oh, buddy! I mean, I I, I think Best I'd sign up. I think I'd sign yeah. up if if we get him back by the bye week and he misses what would that be? Eight games, seven or eight games. Yeah. I'd sign in blood for that right now. Yeah, because like you said. That's a tricky, tough injury, mm-hmm. particularly at his position. Folks, Because go- you also have to think this, too, Wes. You can get him back out there fast. But at 80%? 
and then he re-injures it, and then okay. it lingers longer. Okay. Motsi, here's one of the things, too. Every, I, I know our, 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 our Steelers diehards who are listening. I, I follow a lot of you on Twitter. We're, we're all locked in this conversation, this black and gold ecosystem together. You know what I see at least a dozen times every Sunday? TJ Watt getting held on every play. Look at how TJ's getting mugged. He's got three guys holding him over here on this play, and the refs still aren't calling anything. Everybody brings that up every single week. How often TJ's getting held? How often TJ's getting mugged? And that's true, and that hurts a lot more when you're coming back from a pec injury, when you've got mm-hmm. 300-pound dudes grabbing you and leaning on you and pulling you each way yeah. in each direction. Yeah, it's like I said, man, for TJ, man, I'm, I'm very confident in him. In terms of you know how he protects his body, how he takes care of himself, but that's just one of those injuries, man. That you do want to be patient. I understand urgency, and depending on where we are as a team, I think that's also something to consider as well. If you know it's a scenario where you're saying to ourselves, "Well, you know what, man? Maybe it doesn't hurt us to allow him to sit a little bit longer," then you take that approach, you know. And obviously, we'll see what it looks like by the time it comes up. But yeah, it's definitely something that I don't look at as a four week thing, man. Yeah, it's definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> Our buddy Cuban Dan tweets us. We'll see here. We uh we are awaiting. Our buddy Chris Carter should be calling us any moment. But while we wait for CC, uh, we'll get to some of these tweets here because we've got a bunch today, as you can imagine. Our buddy Cuban Dan tweets us and says, That game nearly broke me emotionally. I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. As a fan, I'm not asking for the Mona Lisa. I wonder where he hears that one from. Uh, Dan says, I'm just asking for a balanced time of possession, better first down conversions. Mitch didn't kill us. The offense didn't kill us. I'm thankful for that, but there's, they've got to do better. The defense was absolutely ridiculous and so much fun to watch. Minka is a monster. Steelers versus the world. That's the kicker, though, Dan. You are allowed to expect them to do better. That's we, Motes and I want to be crystal clear with that. Week four, week six, week eight, week ten, we won't be singing that same song. Well, that's just re- I, I that's just, just reality for for this point in time. But I also would say for but me, but expect them to do better. Certainly. My expectations for this offense is very different than a lot of fans' expectations. Fans get enamored with skill position players, and they see those names, they see the draft picks, they hear about touchdowns and practices, and we're like, oh they yeah, see the George Pickens clips on Twitter. We're gonna average thirty. And I'm over here like this offensive line is not built to average 30. No, they are not. So to me, I'm not like I might change a little bit as this goes on, but you're not going to hear this like drastic change no. in my expectations no. for this offense. But it's got to get personally, better. I personally don't know what this offensive unit is capable of because of this offensive line. And hmm. even though people always want to overlook that, we're constantly reminded of the significance of it. You talk about our side and what it does to limit to us. You look at how Joe Burrow was under duress and how that offensive line limited him. You look at Tom Brady last night against the Cowboys at times and how cool. their O-line, because they were banged up, how it was getting to him at times. No matter what you have on the perimeter, if you don't have the offensive line to protect, to give your guys time, you're going to be very hard-pressed to be consistent, to be productive. No doubt. So when you're asking yourselves, well, why can we – convert this third down but we don't convert that third down why can't we hit two throws in overtime we can't hit these throws in the first quarter or in the third quarter well that comes with the O-line being inconsistent and it's not necessarily them playing consistently bad it's just talent wise it's a little bit different up there it's taking a little bit longer to gel as well they weren't always together this offseason so a lot of that 
is coming into play. The Bengals are saying the same thing over there because their unit, even though it was a newly remodeled unit, that was their first time all five together in stadium. Yes, it was. So once again, you can see this is not just a Steelers thing. This is a global thing. But we also have to understand the context of that. And that's why for me, I don't have a high expectations or, or a ton of expectations for offense. My expectations for them every week is don't turn the ball over. And when it's, don't be a negative. And when it's, when it's red zone time, man, get the plays you're supposed to make. Like, make the plays you're supposed to make. I'm not asking you to come out here and convert third and 13s. I'm not asking you to do that. If it's a third and five, though, I need those. If it's a third and three, I need those. I'm not asking you to come out there and be, you know, four for four in the red zone. But can I at least get two of them in the red zone? Definitely got to get points every time, though. Points at, at, at least three. That. At they least three every time. every time. Yeah. So, once again, it's like, don't get to the regular season and now we get all out of whack with our expectations. It's like, no. Our skill position players, they might not have been out there as often, but that offensive line was out there. We know what this unit looks like. We've mm-hmm. seen them in three preseason games. Mm-hmm. Understand, it's going to take time. And it might not be a this year is fixed because personnel-wise, we don't got a lot of answers. You saw when Mason Cole went up. We was all over here looking like, Uh-oh. all right, who, who who's coming? Is it is it is it him or is it the other one? Uh-oh. And y'all know who I'm referring to. You know what I'm saying? It was just that nervousness going on. Now, granted, the one was not in, you know, football attire, so it kind of took some of that off, but that is real. It happens fast. You you look at the offense. It's the lowest paid offense in the National Football League. There's a couple rookie contracts on the offensive line. There's pretty much all exclusively rookie contracts in terms of your playmakers other than Deontay Johnson now, who got his extension. He got right? the bag. But everybody else, Pickens. Claypool, Fryermuth, Najee, all still on their rookie deals. You're working in a new quarterback. You've got an offense that, you know, uh, I, was 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 doing some more, you know, double flea flicker type stuff that I think we would expect to continue. Uh, expect improvement, but don't expect, you know, world-beating offense, I think, at the same time either. Arthur Motes, it is time now to reunite the Migos to get a view other than our own here on the show down to the south side we go on the phone lines he's our buddy Chris Carter you know him he's here he's there he's everywhere the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and of course the Locked on Steelers podcast CC what's up partner how we doing what's up fellas it's good to be back together chilling on a victory Monday for y'all on Steeler Nation radio wait hold on what kind of Monday a victory Monday sir victory I just want to say, I just want to say, and I told y'all this off air, I am very disappointed that y'all didn't bring me on last week after a certain game was played and a a certain result was had. You hear him him seeking comfort right now? Oh, oh, oh. You hear him seeking comfort? I, oh, I want to talk about the backyard. What about the backyard? Yeah, what happened with the backyard? Last week. What was the backyard? I mean, this is, this is sports. Hold I mean, on, are we going to turn the page here? Chris, Chris, what, what happened in that game? I, you know, I'm, I'm from out of town. I'm from out of town, so I, I, I don't know. What was going on last well, Thursday, I, I think it was? No, what, I, what was it? I, it, was, it was last Thursday. Okay. Like the most attended sporting event in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're Street. welcome. And you're like, welcome. Yeah. Well, actually, it was like 90-10. Yeah, totally. That's why there were so many empty seats on Saturday against Tennessee, huh? No, no, of course. Listen, 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 Wes. Listen, I'm not going to hurt your feelings more. I'm not going to say 13 Oh, no, you can say whatever you want, but don't tell me that WVU fans weren't a part of that atmosphere. Hey, hey, Chris, they said that— You're 40K there against the Vols on Saturday. They're they're saying that— 
them beating, you know, that, that, that you guys winning was a program-changing victory for you guys. Is that is that accurate? Oh, my God. They said it was program-changing because y'all, y'all won the program. backyard brawl. Is that, is that for real? No, it was just another day in the life of Pitt Panthers. No. <laughs> now be careful, be, now be careful, Motes, or a certain head coach is going to get on the microphone and tell tell you how disrespectful you're being now. Oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, uh, Neil Brown is that, is that who we're talking about? <laughs> no, he's going to get on his on his Twitter videos and cry about how he didn't get a call to go his way. Is what he's going to do. Well, look what I you was, did, Mozi. Look what make, you did. I, I, look, I, I just wanted to poke some fun. I, just, I didn't get to do hey, that Hey, listen, week. listen. By now, all right, that's about as relevant as those 1920s national champions. All right, oh, we're moving wow. on. We both lost wow. this past weekend in overtime. I mean, we're moving on. All right. At all least right. one of us won in here, so we're all good then. All right. Go Dukes. <laughs> Go Dukes. Go Dukes. That's the common ground. We can find some common ground Chris, here, guys. Chris, um, let's jump right into what Mozi and I were talking about here. The offense and expectations and – Yes, I think we all, you know, at least reasonably, we knew it wasn't going to be, you know, a work of art in week one. But where are you at in terms of going forward? You know, I expect improvement. I think Motsi does as well, too. But maybe not drastic improvement like some in Steeler Nation are, are, are going to be jonesing for. Uh, we'll talk about the defense and just that uh, amazing effort first. But to pick up where we were, what's kind of your expectations for a timeline for improvement or lack thereof, as it relates to the Steelers' offense now going forward? You know, I said I wanted to see until, like, about like week four or five before we start to see some progress from the offensive line. And I, I want to get you guys' feedback on this. I thought the offensive line actually held up in pass protection. They weren't, you know, elite or anything, but they gave Mitch Trubisky pocket. They gave him time. His only sack in the game was when he ran out of bounds when he was trying to get some extra yards on the play. So, like, I was kind of like, yeah, like I, I felt like they, they, they weren't good in run blocking, and that was certainly an issue on their part. But I felt like they, they actually did, they held up a lot better than I expected them to against a, a Bengals defensive front that was getting a lot of praise going into this game. No, I agree with you on that, man. I thought that they did what was necessary. It wasn't going to be pretty. And that's the thing that I think people kind of lose sight of because obviously it's week one, you get excited, defense playing out of their mind. We're like, yo, let's put up 40 points. It's like, man, this offense necessarily isn't designed for 40 points just yeah. yet. Yes, on the perimeter, we have the skill position talent for that. But in terms of the interior part, our offensive line is still going to take some time. And to me, I thought that that was the approach. And ultimately, that's why I'm not killing them. I was fine with what they did yesterday. But the question is, can they sustain it? And can they be better in terms of third down plays and in the red zone? And that's the part where, you know, we'll see how that thing goes. But what I did want to ask you is – um. Obviously, man, switching to the other side of the ball, man, T.J. Watt, we know he's dealing with potentially a pec injury of some type of significance. Obviously, so. we'll find out the significance or the severity of it in, uh, in a few. But what are you thinking in terms of how do you replace said productivity in the interim? I mean, I think they, they, even if it's a partial tear, as some people are hoping, I know Mike Florio, of, uh, of pro football talk, he, he said he had a, had a source that said it was going to be a light tear, which that would be the best case scenario. But even if it's that, you're looking a minimum of four to six weeks. So that's a lot of time to not have the, def- the best defensive player in football. If I'm the Steelers, I'm going to try to sign somebody. This is exactly why Omar Khan freed up more salary cap space is why Kevin Colbert does every year. And they did Go restructure T.J. Uh, Watt's contract prior to uh, the opener, freeing up, I think it was like nine more uh, million dollars, mm-hmm. something like that. Exactly. So, yeah. 
Exactly. You have money. I think Jason Pierre-Paul's out there. You know, and I'm not saying that he, not, not that he is the exact fit for an, a 3-4 outside linebacker, but you need an, an edge presence. And he can be a veteran who you can get up to speed probably a lot quicker, and he knows the expectations of him. And they're like, hey, buddy, you're here for a fill-in role. Don't, you know, don't think this is a long term, and don't go full Mel, Melvin Ingram on, on us in, you know, in the long term. Uh, but – in all seriousness, I think they need to make some sort of call. Either that, or they need to call up my boy Arthur Moe to get him back on the field. Look, I was going to tell you, man, I was about to highlight Jason Pierre-Paul. Like, you know why he's still dope? Because he part of that 2010 draft class with yours truly. <laughs> and then that's when we just spent the block, and you said call up Arthur Moe. No, see, I'm a part of that 2010 draft class, which means I am very washed. <laughs> I am old. <laughs> I am 34 years long in the tooth, which means I'm too old to be out there on that field. I saw some of them guys getting hit in Man, my shoulder was hurting this morning. I told my pet before when I saw TJ say, I told my pet, my pet started hurting. I don't need anything out there. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> uh, others, you know what? Let's let's stick with that too because obviously, you know, the TJ Watt injury is is what's kind of dominating the aftermath. The 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 waiting here for an official word as some different reports come out. Um. Not not great. It doesn't sound either, though, for Najee Harris, uh, Chris. Maybe not as potentially, you know, long term or maybe even season ending. But if Najee Harris has one of those, you know, high ankle sprains, has to miss a few weeks, something that could linger throughout the season, you know, that's a, that's another big development. Certainly for again an offense that is going to be trying to figure this thing out here over the next month or so and carve out some type of identity, something that they know that they can do well. Uh, a, a loss of Najee Harris for, for one week, for three weeks, even a less than 100% Najee, that's going to that's gonna throw a real monkey wrench into this equation as well. Yeah, I mean, Najee Harris didn't exactly have a, a, a great game, you know, statistically, but he fought every play. He caught that touchdown pass from Mr. Bisky with a guy hanging on him. Um, you know, I, I think those are plays that, like, you get – you don't see – like, you don't compute that. You're like, oh, well, that was that big a play. Yes, it was. Without – if he doesn't make that play there, yep. you know, who knows if the Steelers' offense ever gets into the end zone. And that's just on what limitations they have right now. Like, if you go back and you look at, you know, at, at the opportunities, there weren't too many opportunities for him to do much in this game. You know, there were some times last year where he, made, he missed a hole. He didn't see it. This week, I think it was just literally like, hey, the Bengals were like, we're going to try to take away the box and force Mr. Bisky to beat us. And he did have that one run. But, you know, again – the reason he's on the team is to protect the football and take the opportunities that are there um, at the running back position. Now we'll see, you know, how this injury works out, you know, saw him walking off the field, you know, didn't look too hampered, but he also didn't look too hampered before he missed three weeks of training camp either. So we don't know what's going to go on there. So I, you know, I think a big thing for everyone is just, they need to take their time, see what's going on there. I will say though, Jalen Warren, looked like a professional out yeah. there. There were times he was lead blocking for Chase Claypool. He was running hard. There was a really good pass pro rep where he blasted a defensive tackle right in the hole, up in the chest, knocked him backwards, and then went back and got some more. I think those are good signs that he's you know more ready than, than a, a, the typical undrafted rookie that you throw in at the running back spot. So maybe he and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland, if he gets called up, um, maybe they can kind of work together to to hold it down for a bit, but the Steelers do need Najee Harris back at some point. Uh, you know, they survived this week without him getting big numbers. There were several games last year that he was a big factor in them winning. That's 
going to be the case again this year if he can get back healthy. Well, and I did want to follow up. You asked, uh, you talked about those three running backs, Benny Snell, Jalen Warren, and potentially Anthony McFarlane coming up from the practice squad. How confident would you be in that group if we had to go into two games or three games potentially with that unit right there? Well, I think against the Patriots, it'd be fine. I, I think that you could you could kind of hold it down. You know, this is this. I think this is going to take a lot more though. Some some of the Matt Canada misdirection, and I got to say, there were some plays that I thought the misdirection was a little misplaced, but there were other plays where I felt like, man, it really created forced tough decisions for certain defenders. And sometimes they made good decisions, sometimes they made bad decisions, but it allowed the Steelers to get some opportunities. Uh, and some open chances, you know, the, 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 the reverse flea flicker pass to Pat Fryermuth, I thought that was spectacular. The screen to Zach Gentry, you know, stuff like that. Um, even the pass to Najee that went for a touchdown, you know, it's just a little bit of quick, make free these guys over here, get one-on-one with Najee in space. He can win that. They're going to have to dial up more of that. And you know what? Use Anthony McFarlane's speed. Use Jalen Warren's hard running status, as well as Benny Snell. Try to wear some teams down a little bit and maybe get some of them in space with some screens and some off looks because now teams definitely aren't looking at your running back as hard. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting task. But, again, we've got to wait to see how much, uh, how much time Najee Harris might miss. Uh, but if you're, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got to hope it's minimal, and you got to try to survive with this platoon of running backs and use their strengths in different ways. I think they do have some strengths, and they're a lot better for this situation than I would have thought they would be if you told me that Najee got hurt in week one back in, like, say, uh, June. Mm. Chris Carter, the Post-Gazette, locked on Steelers with us here on SNR. Buddy, the last one I've got for you, um, not lost in the shuffle from yesterday certainly was the performance of Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, started mm. on the Bengals' first drive with a pick six, uh, made the the block on the extra point that allowed the Steelers to get to overtime and, and, and find a way to win. He was fantastic yesterday. You know, we talked a lot about in the buildup, uh, the preseason training camp, all these different things, how, you know, it was great to see that Minka was was capable of having 129 tackles last year <laughs> and leading all defensive backs in the entire league. But that's not why you made him at the time the highest paid safety. That's not why he's been a multiple all pro. That's not why he was the 11th overall pick out of Alabama. <laughs> he's all those things because of his elite playmaking ability, ball hawking, the splash that he creates when he's allowed to be used as kind of a, a center fielder out there. You know, we lost a little bit of that last year, obviously, with how they needed him to play closer to the line of scrimmage and help in the run game. It was it was good to finally see him back, uh, you know, doing what he does best and, and creating all that havoc on the back end. It was great to see that. And also, it was great to see other second members of the secondary feeding off of it. Yeah. You know, I still haven't seen all 22, but the parts of it that I have been able to see where I saw the field, man, the corners were a lot more aggressive in this game because they knew they had flexibility. They could trust whoever was back there at safety. And it allowed Mika Fitzpatrick to, to float around a lot. He wasn't just playing back. He played up. And, you know, 14 tackles, you know, he led the team in tackles again. And you didn't want to see that, but it was in a good way. I also think even beyond the schematics of it, he was such a huge enforcer out there when Joe Mixon was trying to talk smack and try to be like, yeah, I'm the man out here. You're too small. And then he just, and then the next play, Mika Fitzpatrick just chucked him down in the hole. And he just kind of, I don't know what he said to him, but he looked right at him and Joe Mixon just put his head down. I was like, oh, Mika's dogging him out there. And that's, I think those kind of moments, they're tone setters. They're, 
They're momentum shifters. They're things that you need leaders for. And this is what you know, I've been saying for a while. The next generation of Steelers leaders have to be a good one. I think they have them with T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Najee Harris. I think you're going to get some. I also thought a really, and I know we're talking defense here, but a really good point, and this was pointed out by Nick Faribault on Twitter because I missed this in the game, but during the Steelers' final drive when, they're, when they, they get a completion and they need to get set and spike the ball, Chase Claypool get, gets Deontay Johnson on the line and makes sure that he's set uh, so that they don't so they, they can avoid an illegal formation penalty. You know, if you had told someone that, you know, uh, what seven or eight months ago when he had the penalty or he uh, you know, was pointing it for a first down against the Vikings uh, <laughs> as the Steelers were trying to drive for a final drive, they would have said, I don't believe you. But th- there's maturity on this team. Guys want, really are focused on winning. And I, I think that there's some really good things to be said. And Mika Fitzpatrick is at the head of that right now, in my opinion, as far as young guys stepping up setting the tone, and being the voice of the team, saying, hey, we're not going to allow these guys to talk their talk and, and come in there. And as much as that sounds football rah-rah, it does help with momentum and it does help with morale, as I'm sure uh, most of you can attest. No, 100%. You're absolutely right about that. Now, as much as I would love to keep talking about those gentlemen over there, I did want to ask you about the young player Pat Fry move, though, because, mm. yeah, I think he's ready to keep doing what he's doing. So if you could, oh, just, yeah. just talk about, you know, what you saw from him, man, and some of the things that he was showing in terms of that second-year leap. I mean, uh, Pat Fry looks like a beast. <laughs> the, 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 things, the, the things that we saw do – last year they were like okay if he if he continues this if he continues to grow he'll be better he was blocking well he was he was catching the ball in space he was catching the ball in traffic um you know I I think a big part of this offense needs to go through him more um especially you know as Mitch Trubisky's trying to settle in I I I think that was one of the things that might have wasn't exactly targeted enough with more him up the middle um but again got to see the 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 all 22 Maybe the Bengals were trying, were doing something to make sure that Pat Frymuth wasn't a factor. But man, he looks like he could be a top tier tight end. Um, he's he's sharp on his routes. He's, he's bringing in those tough catches, and he's making guys miss. He's getting mm-hmm. extra yards, and that's the stuff you need from your playmakers that you sent a second round draft pick uh, to be a playmaking tight end. Um, and, and those type of things they can help open up the run game because. You know, truly passing over the middle, which honestly, I didn't feel like they did enough in this game. And that's, you know, for the people that are saying, well, Ben Roethlisberger, I guess you miss him now. Huh? I'm like, <laughs> well, it, that, it, it was very Ben Roethlisberger-like for Mitch Trubisky. Ooh, and it's so crazy. Chris, you can't say uh, that. Ooh, I, I know you ain't say listen, that. I'm, Ooh, I'm just saying. I'm going to tell I'm it. I'm going to tell it. Listen, hey, 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 cut that out over there. Cut that out. <laughs> Uh, Listen, he's a wine. He he just wants to get everybody wound up. You know that's why he's he's got to bring up the brawl to stuff. You know he, he's he's the wind up guy. He's he's I tell oh, you, man. he's the antagonizer, Arthur Moat. I just that's, ask questions and make it. observations. He's an that's instigator. It. Don't let him get to you, Chris. Just all observations. I'm, that's it. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that in a lot of the reads, there were a lot of outside things. There weren't as much in the middle of the field, and it was completely contradicting. The, the, the practices that, I, that we saw for over a month, the preseason games where he was making those reads, maybe a part of this was the Steelers saying, Mitch, the goal today, let the defense do the damage, and you just don't lose it, which he did not. No turnovers from Mitch Trubisky. That was huge. If, if he turns the ball over one time, they probably lose this game. So yeah. like, that's why I don't give him a, 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 you know, anything less than a, like a, like a C- minus if you want to be harsh on him because he didn't make enough plays. But, you know, as far as, as, far as that, you, you want to see more out of him. I will say the one thing that he did that Ben couldn't do is he did escape a lot 
in that game. He made plays with his feet. That stuff is important, and that will build as the season goes on. And, again, it's week one, new offense. You know, it's different for Ben who, you know, that was his 18th year on the team and everything was schemed around him. Mitch has to adjust to that. But I do think he does need to take a step forward next week, and part of that will be connecting with Pat Fryermuth and other players over the middle. Chris Carter, great stuff as always. Kind enough to make room in his busy schedule for us on a Monday. You say something? It like you say hell to pit. You say hell to pit? It sounds like you say hell to pit. Is that what you just said? Who, who said well, see, you know what's funny? You know what's funny is I was, so was going to do, really do a Tennessee chant. But unlike you, <sighs> I root for one team and one team alone. All right, so I ain't going to come on here and sing Rocky Top because I don't give a rip about no Rocky Pop. I'm a one-man team, unlike this Arthur Motes who likes to, you know, he likes he's a chameleon out here on College Football Saturday. I'm a winner. I just win. That's it. I'm a winner. Just win. I just win, baby. That's it. Listen, hey, guys, just next time, a, a little advance, could you give me a few topics and I'll be able to pick six of the, uh, out of those topics. I mean, everything's got to have a name, doesn't it? The, 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 the pit special and the pit six and this. I mean, uh, you guys think you're original. You're just a bunch of dorks. I think. Totally. Dorks. We are dorks. We are dorks. Chris Carter is our favorite dork here on Steelers Nation go. Radio. Just lead into it. We are dorks. We are dorks. Like, yo. <laughs> Catch Chris with his shirt tucked in and uh, his, his, his khakis nice and pressed uh and all his work in the post gazette subscribe to the locked on steelers podcast buddy thank you for your time as always we appreciate it we'll talk soon thanks fellas there he is chris carter great stuff from him as always i tell you you too just unbelievable man i'm an innocent bystander 12 days ago i mean this is sports 12 days ago that might as well be a lifetime ago now at this point innocent bystander i just be asking questions that's it you just be singing songs over there because i get curious at times you know i'm very musically inclined i thought you could appreciate that i did you know i was listening to a lot of rocky top on saturday you know until things went south for let's just move on we're gonna move on to your tweets when we get back on the other side final segment victory monday you got something to say you better get it off your chest. You better come and talk to us right now. I don't know what you're waiting on. You know what time it is. Stop wasting it. Get your tweets in, baby. Get your tweets in. Let's go. Questions, comments, concerns, or maybe just reactions. Jubilation. Celebrations. At Wesley Euler. At the body 52. The body. Time's yours when we return on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moment 
moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.